ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, or should I say, boils and ghouls, welcome back to Mostly Ghostly with myself, Macho, and we got Ray over here doing a big in the paranormal world. Um, we're coming back to you live and direct with a new episode from the Nether Void. You know, we're somewhere on the in between. When we do the show, we have to kind of let our guards down a little bit and enter into the in-between realm, I feel, to get to get you guys and girls out there what you need, paranormally, podcast-wise. And then we come, then we get back out of it. And Ray says prayers that protects us all. Um, today is no different like any other day where we're going to dive into some topics that are a little mischievous devilish some would say um and we're wrapping up uh february which for a lot of you out there might know february is uh main, you know one of the things it's known for is women in horror you know and me and ray d- dive in the horror world a lot with our films and such um so we thought it'd be kind of fun. Although this episode will not be released in February, it'll be nice to at least record it in February, right, Ray? Oh yeah, it's that it's the the thought that matters. You know what I mean? So with that being said, today's episode we're going to be diving into some of the most wicked and devilish uh, female presence presences in uh, in the existence, if you will, of of everything that we know to be true and what it is. You know. Um, Ray, this was an idea that I think Ray kind of kicked off with. So Ray's a little more knowledgeable in certain situations of this conversation than myself. So I'm gonna let him put on the captain hat and we're going to soar through the open seas of, uh, crazy women, madness, madness women. You aren't, uh, you aren't saying I've known more evil woman than you are, are you? No, it's, it's a very delicate episode where I know we're talking about, bad guy women or bad girl women, if, if you will, but um, respectfully. So trying to figure out a way not to be too harsh. Um, and no, 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 no. We've all known our share. We've all known our share of devilish women um, and entities and such and female presences, um, folklores and ghosts and succubus and all types of um, female presence. That's been, you know, up in the building. It's very curious. Like I said, I'm, I'm not as well in tune with it. So it's going to be a little learning experience for me, which will be fun. Um, but I'll know a little bit. I'll be able to hold my own in the fight. I think we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, uh, without any further ado, should we just pop on into it? Ray, what do you think? Sure. I think let's start with the, uh, queen of the, uh, bad girl demons. That's Lilith. Lilith. Yes. So, yeah. like, uh, what is a little backstory on Lilith? You know, what where her her whole was did that wasn't the was that the, the the mistress? Is that a mistress of Jesus thing, or was that that's Mary Magdalene, right? Uh, no, actually, and there's several creation stories. Yeah, and in one that is not generally accepted, Lilith is uh the first is adam's first wife okay and she was she was not taken from the side of in that story she was formed out of the earth like adam which implies an equal Mm. which people didn't like back in the day 
Oh, people didn't like that at all. Then it got then it got worse because um, she not only did she have an attitude, uh, she was resistant to Adam being the boss. The story actually goes to the point where when they're gonna make love, he wants her to take the uh, passive position, hmm. and she rebels. She wants to be the dominant one. Interesting. And when she does that, she screams out the sacred name of God. And she kind of flies up, flies off, and then she is cursed by God that 100 of her children will die every day. She must be a busy woman. Now, yes. The interesting thing is she ends up going into hell and ends up as the wife of Satan. But she pulls she pulls the same stuff with him. She doesn't want to be second. She wants to be equal. And that doesn't work with, with Satan. So we she talk, goes to she yeah. goes to war with Satan. When it's funny when you say she doesn't want to be like the dominated one in the relationship. I, I get a, a weird visual in my head of that, you know what I mean? It's an interesting, interesting take on it. Very powerful woman. You know, like we said, people don't really dig on that. You know what I mean? Well, you're coming from a time where everything was uh, a patriarchy, all male dominated. And you yeah. could not have a powerful woman that was equal. Right. And who, who is going to want to call the shots. And she held on to that. Even when she was kicked out of Eden, she ends up in hell. And she won't even bow down to Satan. And she has, gone, she has gone to war with Satan. And um, she attempts to steal the souls of humans, mm-hmm. perform an army to go back into hell, to throw Satan off his throne and take it over. I mean, she's ambitious. Right, yeah. Very ambitious. She was also was she also the first woman to scream God's name during sex? Um, I don't know if she was the first or not. Um, I don't know the details of it, but I know she had at least two sisters that caused trouble in hell also. Because I remember you said something about um, with the power struggle and the sex thing. She called out God's name during that point. Um, came, which, which reminded me. That's what put that dirty joke in my mind. Well, actually, she screamed it out afterwards when... Oh. Uh, Adam wouldn't cooperate. It was something which you could not say. Hmm. And that's, that's why she, uh, she was cursed for saying something that was forbidden. Now are we talking just the word God or was it a, d- a different name used for God? Uh, a different name, one that cannot be spoken, an old name. Do you know what that name is? Uh, I'm, I won't ask you to say it or anything. <laughs> I've got a couple, couple in my head to go, go back to, uh, uh, old transcripts and a form of what is called Paleo Hebrew. It's similar to cuneiform, and uh, but I think I've got an idea of what that might be. No, is that just a power thing? You know what I mean? Like why would why would a name? Because it's not like you're denouncing him, right? It's it's just a, a name. I could see if you were like cursing or denouncing, then it would be something that would be heavy duty. But just saying the name is that that heavy, huh? It is. Or if you go back, name. if you go, you go back in scripture, um, it says like first there was the word, 
And the yeah. word became, you know, and basically it's language, it's word, and it's power. And the name of the divine is the ultimate power, that name, which brought everything into existence. Yeah. And we're not allowed, we're not allowed to say that. Very and, old Testament. Uh, very, very old, very old, old Testament. Wrath. Yeah, very right. Old Testament's kind of God's wrath and New Testament is like loving forgiveness, right? Something like uh, that. Yeah, that that's a very good way to compare the two. Yeah, but n- not completely. I mean, if you look at Psalms in the Old Testament, there's uh, quite a few of them that talk about uh, God's forgiveness and love. That no matter what we do, mm-hmm. no matter what it is at any time, God still loves us and is going to forgive us. But that doesn't mean He doesn't get pissed off, like in in the flood where He wipes humanity out. And then he brings humanity back. And one of the things about Lilith that she started to mate with humans. Yeah. She and some of her early cohorts, demons, whatever you want to call them, um, they started to mate with humans and teach humans the uh, evil ways. And that's one of the side stories, uh, uh, like a second story. We talked about the Nephilim at one time. Mm -hmm. That's a second story that explains them, the giants, were actually not just where the... uh, sons and daughters of fallen angels, but the fallen angels were those that Lilith had recruited to come and corrupt man mm. after the, after the flood. So is Lilith, Lilith uh, now was she taken out of the Bible or is she still in there? Uh, very rarely will you find it, maybe in the so-called forbidden and non-canonical books. Um, you'll find some stories about her. Uh, for the most part, she's been pretty much, it's been pretty much wiped clean. They don't even want you to think about it. Next to the Virgin Mary, she's probably the most powerful entity in the Bible, right? Female, female wise. Oh, you had others, uh, Rachel, yeah. Ruth. Um, you had a bunch, you had a bunch of others, but they were all on the side of good. Yeah. Uh, um, as far as bad but, news goes, though, she was it. Oh, as far as bad news, yeah, she was it. And she was like right um, under, she was under Satan, but didn't want to kind of, didn't want to bow down. Yeah, she wanted to be an equal. So what would they call her? Like uh, the sin of pride would be that what they would call her or something? Pride or arrogance. It's wanting to, instead of bowing down to the, to the divine, considering yourself equal to. Yeah. And she made that mistake as soon as she pronounced the unnameable name of God. The way that the First Testament and the Second Testament, New and Old Testament, are so different. Why do you think they're so different? You think that I don't, I don't know. Why do you think they're so different? Um, for one thing, you, you, if you take a look at the culture, yeah, of the people that were living at that time, it was a tribal culture for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had the twelve tribes of Israel. Right. It was a tribal culture. Um, you look at the people that uh, where they were living. Whether it was under captivity, the whether it was Assyrians, Babylonians, you take a look and they were under cap when they were under captivity, the introduction to other gods and other ways of doing things. And also, if you go back to very early translations again, um, oh, what is the word for it? I can't think of it. Well, one of the words for a type of god actually translated to. Uh, the word supernatural. Yeah. And the early the early tribes actually thought anything they could not explain or any great power, and this is very similar to 
many uh, indigenous tribes in other areas of the world, mm -hmm. such as storms or lightning, etc., things they couldn't couldn't understand were uh, they considered uh, supernatural or divinely uh, a divine origin. Presence, yeah. And it could it could be good or bad, but it came from outside of this world, and it was a so when they say have no other gods before me, it goes back to the thing of not only that, these things are not gods, but they came back from a culture where there were other gods. Yeah. Um, the Babylonians had their gods. Egyptians had their gods. But they recognized the possibility of multiple supernatural entities that you have to kind of put in second place, realizing there's only one divine and one god. And Lilith was one of those nasty ones that, uh, to this day, is supposedly trying to corrupt man and bring them down to steal their souls and go back uh, and take over hell. So she never really died? Nope, she never died. She's uh, kind of flits around and uh, travels around in both the uh, spirit world and tries to corrupt and make her way into this world. She's just obsessed with uh, the overthrow of authority. Yeah, you'd think there'd be like a, um, you know, um, a jump off point from where where she died. Like she would have eventually, like in the if you go to the Adam and Eve era, you know, where she did she didn't want to kind of be, you know, she was made equal. You know, I, she would have had to have died at some point, right? I mean, you you don't. How does that work? You know what I mean? They, they all. I, I assume all these these characters eventually die, right? They eventually died, but at that point there, she flew up into the air and started to fly away, and then she was cursed, and that's where, with that curse, she does not die. Her children die. So it did talk about her, like, it, it did. there was a, a moment of talking about that. I know you talked about how a hundred of her children will die a day, which that's society, I feel like they're talking about. Probably, like, people that are bad, you know, quote-unquote bad people, like sinners, you know what I mean, so to speak. Well, if you look at a culture back then, um, what's worse than death, um, everything was passed through. Um, there, was, there was a lot of death, whether it be childbirth, disease, wars, um, anything that was owned was passed through on the family. The family name was very important. The worst thing you could have, a barren woman was considered useless. Mm. The worst thing you could have would be that if you were to live, if you were a woman and you were to live and have children, which is supposedly the greatest thing, right? you keep living and they keep dying. Yeah. That, that's the ultimate punishment. Truth. Hmm. No, you're right. I've, I've heard that. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. I think that, I think that you know, it's almost like when they say that the hundred people, it's their way of, it's almost sounds like a way of throwing you know when babies die in birth and stuff like that throwing the when people go why would god let that happen they can kind of throw it on like a boogie boogie woman in this circumstance and say well it's not god because you know it is it's one of those things with the biggest i think question anybody ever had with the god thing is that how can like completely awful terrible things happen you know randomly to completely random people you know like a, a kid born with like a cancer that kills them before they're one, like terribly painful. You know what I mean? Like people can't wrap their heads around that. You know what I mean? And I don't really think there is a way to wrap you. I think there's just weird freak things that, 
You know what I mean? It's just weird. Like every now and then things just line up for the better or for the absolute worst. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the circumstance. But when in that argument, I think it's possible that they could, you could almost create, you know, just to throw, throw some the blame on somebody else to have a blame. You know what I mean? Do you think that plays into it at all? I think they were looking, they were looking for an excuse for a reason why things went bad, why people died. They weren't taking um, any responsibility as far as, you know, I mean, a very simplistic thing is why the bad things happen to good people. Uh, well, you know, if you build a house on a floodplain at some point, you're going to have a flood. Yeah. So it's some of it's your choices. If someone, um, I don't know, if they're, they start as a teenager and they smoke three packs a day of cigarettes, don't be surprised later when they have cancer. I mean, they're, there are the unexplainable ones, the, yeah. the, certain diseases, et cetera. But I think it goes back to they were looking for, you know, why does, why does this die? Well, it's one of two things. Either God's mad at us or oh, no, an evil spirit came and took them. And they can't take, you know, take responsibility for God being mad at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what they do is they blame evil for taking the child. I think there's a lot. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of that in there, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Where it almost goes back to the witch thing, where like you have somebody that society just deems unacceptable or not quite normal like everybody else. They might not be. They might not be up to bad things, but sto- people will talk. Stories will develop. Next thing you know, you have a witch that eats children in the woods. You know what I mean? And all really she does is want to be left alone. So, but she's tagged with all this extra burden stuff because, you know, it's an easy scapegoat. You know what I mean? It's a scapegoat because she's different. She goes yeah. against your, uh, primarily at the, when the worst of the witch trials were around. Yeah. Uh, and actually for centuries before that, um, it was a different religious belief. And so right. they had to be evil because they didn't believe the way you did. And, of course, if they were evil, they would cause evil. They would curse you. They would cause crops to fail. They would cause children to die. And I was like, you were looking for a scapegoat. And they yeah. were very, very convenient when you had a uh, majority belief. And that belief was very rigid. This outsider was a target. And uh, the easiest target back then, and going back to a male-dominated society, the easiest target was the woman. And she was a witch. Yeah. If you're... You were, you were the female. You were born in the short end of the stick. You basically were there to breed and take care of the family. Yeah. You step outside of those lines, you're a witch and you're evil. Yeah, I mean, that was another thing we were talking about briefly, briefly before the show. Is these, these has come from a time where the male figure was like the great and powerful and, and the woman is more of like a servant type vibe. You know what I mean? That's exactly why that, that mashup happened with, with Adam when she didn't want to rule, you know what I mean? She didn't want to be dominated. She wanted to be the one dominating type deal. And that kind of goes against their whole, their whole thing. Um, it is, it is, it's kind of like a, I almost feel like a lot of the, a lot of this was hearsay and she probably wasn't even, well, I'm not going to go there cause I don't know the full details, but uh, I know a lot of shade gets thrown. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the interesting thing is it turns out in a lot of stories, um, the men end up being really bad. I mean, to me, what, what comes out is not the Bible, but you take Henry VIII. Yeah. He wanted kids. Right. So he kept getting married. 
the church wouldn't uh, support divorce, so he formed his own church. Oops, you're barren, you're killed off. Next wife, you're barren, you're beheaded. Next wife. So uh, he may have had the control in that society, but uh, because women were disposable and he was the king, um, he actually was, was the worst one. He was the one who was being acting more like a devil or a demon than anything else. The women were innocent. Could you imagine a Me Too movement from back in that era? Oh, yeah, you probably had them. They were called witches. Yeah, you're probably right. Exactly. And that's what happened. Cold world. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's dark. You know, Lilith, you know, from fairy tales and stories, movies, you know, music even, you know, all different types of things. Um, iconic kind of female presence within the, uh, the spiritual world out there. And, uh, she was, she was just made equally from the dirt as Adam was. Um, so like what she, when she didn't want to, when she didn't want to obey Adam, she was what exiled to hell or exiled from the garden. And then Eve was brought in. Well, the, the, the story is actually quite explicit. Adam, yeah. Adam wanted her in the missionary position. Interesting. And this is in the Bible? And, ah, and, and, really? in these writings. Yikes. And he, he wanted to be on top, and she said no. And that's where the fight started. Wow. So he wanted to be top dog, and she said, uh-uh, nope. And it, actually go, go, it goes back to, to the sex act. It's in the story. On top, usually the most work. You know what I mean? She's a trooper. Um, very interesting, you know. And then from that, then she cried out. She, after Shortly after that, she cried out to God, which was a no-no. She and cried out she, God's name, yeah. That was and a he no-no. Came, and he came, he, did he come after that, or was that just an exile? Like, does he, is he, was, it, was he summoned, so to speak, and then he dealt with the situation right then? Or? Well, she flew up into the year, and she was screaming and flying about and... Uh, God hearing his name and she had broken that law, cursed her and sent her out of Eden. That's how she ended up in hell. And her, her, her flying around would have been very unnatural too, because Adam and Eve didn't fly. They were just regular people, right? Uh, when, she, when, she broke, when she broke that rule and stepped over the line, all, all the laws and uh, whether it be physics or anything that changed. That's weird. She was she was trying to be equal to or assuming the name the the name and the power of God. That has that weird occult thing to it. How you have all these people getting to the dark arts, trying to figure out all these different time slips and you know weird Illuminati run the world type stuff. You know, and that that that, that right there, they both have the same vibe to it. It's interesting because Lilith, the stories of Lilith were very popular in the Middle Ages, yeah. and the Middle Ages is when also you had. Uh, lots of stories and problems with uh, witches. Mm-hmm. And after Lilith created her great crime by mentioning the unnameable name, she flew around. Now in the Middle Ages, when a woman was a witch, what they accused her of doing, one of the things is they could fly. So they gave that that sin, so to speak, of Lilith and transported it and gave it to the witch. She was grabbing that power and she was flying like Lilith did. Oh, this has got to be a demon. It's got to be bad. We got to burn this one at the stake. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. You know, 
but Lilith was the first, the first bad girl of uh, of spirituality, if you will. Oh yeah, the first, and I'd probably say uh, still the Top Gun. That's a big seat. It's a big. uh, Got a big pocketbook to fill there. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't just, uh, you know, dismiss her. I mean, she's, uh, she's big and she's hanging around. She's still causing trouble. You think she lingers like a big gigantic mass spirit? You know what I mean? What? How do you, an entity like that? How do you think an entity like that actually exists? I think it exists as a force within the universe. It's a, it's, it's a very uh, strong and powerful force trying like to exert. Like an orb, uh, you think that's got like a face to it? I, it can manifest the face. Into I think face, that it, yeah. yeah, it's it's more like a force with consciousness that is trying to exert its will over everything. Scary. Or science, scientists might say dark matter. I just threw that one in. <laughs> I'm sure scientists have an, an operation Lilith. The government has an operation Lilith that we don't want to read. It's probably horrifying. Uh, right about now, I don't doubt anything what they might be trying. That's what we're, we're going through Operation Lilith right now, actually. And trying to be subtle, but it's not working. So there's more than just, there's a lot, there's more than just big entities like the devil. When you think, you think of like the evil spirit, you almost feel like it, the one, one big aura and it's just the devil and evil incarnate. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. It's like you to, to cut diff cut the difference between the devil and this negative energy. You know what I mean? What do you think? You think there is even a difference or it's just, it's all energy, right? That's what we're dealing with. That could, it could form. I almost look at it like, um, kind of like Terminator two, like the, the liquid metal guy or like the abyss weird water thing where like, it's just a big energy ball of energy type, weird, big aura. Um, but like, like you said, it can if, if you were like, if you were communicating with it, I feel like it could summon its power to flip, you know, flip a certain part of it um, into having like a face that you could actually recognize as another human and communicate human language type deal. But I also feel, yeah. And I feel like energy wise, I think to go into the thing about that with aliens and how like would every alien life, you know, would it all answer to the same God, so to speak. I feel like and that 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 energy would be able to communicate whatever language an alien life would have too. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's all knowing everything. You know? Well, energy itself can take on uh, a form and identity or consciousness not of its own. Um, there are some hauntings where um, what they're haunted by isn't necessarily a spirit. It's uh, people believe it is haunted so much. They give it a, give it an identity. The energy comes together. It coalesces, comes together, and actually gets a sort of consciousness of its own. I was one watching an interesting show where um, people were looking into a place that had an entity, and this place uh, had a lot of uh, traffic because there were legends about it. Yeah, and they they did the research and they found out that there was nothing behind the legends nothing at all and they contacted a spiritualist slash medium to kind of communicate and he was picking up an energy or an entity but he said this isn't this one never lived and the conclusion from that 
it was that uh, with if you take a house, and this is, was an old historic house that had been around for like 150 years or so, mm-hmm. that with the stories, the people going in, they put a name on it. You know, so-and-so haunts this. Everybody going in there, everybody giving their energy, wanting to see it and stuff, that the house itself started to collect that energy, and that energy developed itself into a form, into a uh, consciousness, and took on the persona of uh, the legend. And the interesting part is that even more more interesting is when the investigators were looking into it, they did EVPs, and they got a response from this from this thing that was supposedly haunting the house, but it was created by human energy. It was never a human spirit. So if you take something like Lilith, could it be a massive negative energy? Could it have its own consciousness and be able to manifest? That's what she could have morphed into when she was thrown out of Eden. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be uh, just the exile being exiled by a higher power like that would. I almost look at it as like when you're when like you're almost protected by a light. And then the light pulls away and the darkness creeps in more, you know, more so than it was. I think it's like that type deal. You know what I mean? Give her more energy than once she was actually exiled. Like she was probably in, it's almost a state of confusion during the exiling. And then once you're out, you're, you're, you embrace the darkness, you know, and you really embrace it. It's almost like every, you know, comic book villain in every, 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 uh, you know, movie where they always have that moment where they're, you know, they they were they were they were fifty fifty and then the the evil takes over completely after good after the good turns its back on them you know what I mean so it has that vibe oh yeah de- de- definitely same vibe it's funny how much the comic book heroes and stuff like that do get like there's like a lot of biblical and you know it's it's, it's all the same old stories just redone you know what I mean. I'll put a new name on it, change a city or a character, throw a few new events. But yeah, it is the same story. It's the story of uh, all the Bible, also local cultural myths that uh, were passed down over time. Same story repeated over and over again. Yeah. So Lilith is still out there lingering. You know, we've known a few Liliths in our day. Um, Very common name for models and stuff like that to take. I think it's one of those things because it's just like... uh, when they're trying to think of the ultimate bad girl type deal, that's the name that they go with. A bad girl, powerful girl. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take that name. That's a pop. They see it as a power name. Yeah. You think energy that would bring energy, bring upon energy. What do you think? Well, it's a word. You speak the word and you put the intent behind it. Um, you might pick up some of that energy or actually summoner. Yeah. Which I, th- I think is what some of them want. I mean, that's kind of the, the intention there. A little help. Everybody needs a little help in the end, I guess, you know. Well, I, I think they should be kind of careful because I didn't. it didn't turn out too well for the original Lilith. She yeah. may have... Uh, uh, be careful what you ask for. Yeah, I guess so. I always find that fun. Whenever people dabble in the dark stuff and then it c- kicks back to get them, it's always like... A, I always find it, and they, then they act surprised. It's always a weird deal. So, so who else do we have for uh, devilish women that are notorious? 
Well, one which is not doesn't have a name, but it's mm-hmm. very common, and uh, it's it's a female demon uh, without a name. It's an incubus. Incubus, yeah. Yeah, they come at the night to steal um, basically your energy and your life over time. What would be the difference between an incubus and a succubus? Male and female. Is that what that is? That that's the difference. I mean, I know in Incubus, in, in old uh, Jewish writings, and the Incubus uses sex, in the old Jewish writings, the Incubus would come in the night and would actually collect the male semen huh. from the sex sack to be able to create more demons. Interesting. And that was um, the waste of it. In the old culture, um, you never did that. It was never wasted because that was what was life and that's what helped create life. And it was very sacred. So the incubus comes around around to steal that, to steal your life source you think so that she can create more. You think that's a metaphor for masturbation or something? Uh, at some point, someone probably picked it up, but I don't know. Uh, originally, yeah, yeah. Waste, wasting the seed. Right. It's it's a sacred act. It's also was another thing where they were putting down uh, by putting in a negative light the potential for a woman's sexuality. How dangerous it is! Right. They saw it as a threat. A woman can entice you. She will seduce you. She was, and that relieves the man of all responsibility. So it's a very negative way to look at things. Hmm. Yeah. Good they point. turn it in, turn it into a demon that comes in the night, and takes this, has the sex with you, and then uh, goes and creates even more demons. Booty so call. The, yeah, booty call. That's what uh, it is. So, huh. yeah, it, it's a negative way of looking at sex. Like, you can't have it for pleasure, or you can't do this, and it has to be... It's putting constraints on it, and it is, again, putting the woman, since it's a uh, female demon, uh, in a bad light. Well, everything's kind of sexual, you know what I mean? They've been, they've been looking down on sex forever, you know what I mean? Trying to make it look like it's an evil thing no matter what. Unless you're doing it, of course, for their reasons. Well, in, in, in uh, many cultures, um, outside of the Judeo-Christian background, yeah. um, sex is actually considered a uh, sacred and joyous act. It's not uh, sinful at all. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go in different parts of the world, it's actually celebrated. It should be. Very nice. I remember there was one, per- I was watching an interview one time, and they were, um, let's say, uh, east of the Middle East. They weren't in the Middle East. They were a little farther. Well, they were, they were, they were in India, and they, they were talking to somebody there. And they said when sex, and they were asking them about sex. And this was a lady, and she said, "When sex is good, it's great. Oh, and when it's not that, when it's not that good, it's still good." Yeah, I've heard <laughs> that. That's funny. But it's it's a it's a whole different attitude there. It's a celebration of life. It's a creative force, and there's yeah. nothing evil about it at all. You think it's what? It's more of a it's different here sometimes because of the, t- the tool. And I don't want you to. It's weird. America's a weird place for sex because it's very sexually open, I feel. 
a lot more than other places. There's places you can get killed for your sexuality. You can in certain places in, in good old USA as well, but there's other places that are more, it's almost law. It's almost in the law book. You know what I mean? That you die for certain things like that, sexual preference and stuff. Um, so I feel we're very open, but yeah, there is a very like, uh, you know, finger being shook at it. You know what I mean? It's a weird, America has a weird relationship with sex. I think, yeah, and I think it goes back to all of these stories, uh, whether it's a Lilith, whether it's an incubus, um, that they're trying to, and they go back again to male dominated societies where they're trying to pour all that on the woman. The man can do what he wants. The woman can't. And if she tries, then, um, she's evil. And what's her greatest weapon? Oh, her sexuality. Mm. And that's, that's what, the, that's not to say that the energy that's released during a sexual act, uh, the physical, emotional, and also the alignment of the chakras, the whole energy system doesn't, uh, have an effect. Yeah. There's a lot of energy released there and it can have a positive or negative effect. And something on the other side could tap into that during that act. But the incubus is one who doesn't even wait to tap into it. It, uh, she initiates it on her, herself on the sleeping. Now with the, with uh, a succubus, which is the guy you said, I think the succubus is the guy. Um, yeah, I don't know for sure. For I, I've, I've seen an, a movie incubus with Robert England and he was, I, I want to say he was the, he was the thing. I, um, I could have. I could add those two names backwards because those are two things that I just look at them and go, could you pick different names that were a little clearer as the witch is witch? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, incubus, succubus, succubus, incubus. It's like, like, really? Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting dilemma. But so like in the reverse effect of what would the, what would the male, uh, a bus do? Uh, well, that, that goes, that becomes very, uh, what I would call Rosemary's baby like okay. in, trying, in trying to breed and bring like the, hus- uh, like the husband, like Cassavetes in, in uh, Rosemary's yeah. baby. Yeah. Like, like, try, like trying to breed, uh, the demon itself is trying to breed in this world to bring mm. others to walk around as you in human form. Right. So it's trying to put that negative energy in there and tra- the transference is again sexual so that what is born isn't fully human. Yeah. What is, it's the child of that demon and it carries that negative energy. When there's things that are taken out of the Bible, suppose like a, like a Lilith, like there might have been more stuff about Lilith and, and, and what's that all about, right? What's your take on that? You think it's true? Think that you think they actually edited the Bible? Um, there are some writings that still exist, yeah, and um, some very old ones where those stories are there, right? Was it edited? The Bible itself, you take the Nicene Council, which is like 300, 320 AD, and around that time, it was a Catholic church. Uh, they were, they looked at something like over 40 different versions and writings or books. Yeah. And they brought it down to four acceptable ones. 
that they could teach to everybody and keep everybody in line against cert following certain rules. Now, since then, they have found like you have the uh, acceptable is a weird a weird word to use for something like that. Well, if, if you, you have the, if you have the whole masses, yeah, and you're trying to control them, you need one cohesive story, right? And you can't have all these splinter other stories. There are a couple of you have the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Um, one controversial one they found a few years back um, was the Gospel of Judas. The guy, Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, but there are several several books of writings about where he didn't actually betray him. He was in on it or something like that, right? Yeah, he was actually Jesus' best friend. The only one he could trust to betray him. Yeah. Because no one else was that close or understood him that well. So G, uh, Judas got the bad job of having to be the bad guy. But that was the only way the uh, prophecy could be fulfilled uh, of the Messiah. Judas had the worst PR guy in the business. Oh, they had to demonize him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Judas did. <laughs> Known as like the scumbag of everything. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's definitely. true friendship, definitely. taking that hit. That's some bad, see, see what bad press can do, turn a good person into a bad one. That's very interesting. That, that, there's a lot of sacrifice because you got, you know, Jesus would be taking the ultimate sacrifice for man's sin, giving his life, and you would have Judas taking the sacrifice of everybody digging him. He's this two-faced scumbag, worst person you'd ever want for a friend type character, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's t- taking a major hit, but on the flip side of that, from his point of view, yeah, he in those writings because I actually have a copy of it. In those writings, um, he understands what Jesus really is, and he understands this has to happen. So well, he is going to do this for his close friend because he knows it has to happen. Well, that's what I mean. Where with the the him and Jesus had that little coincidence where it was the same thing with Jesus knew he had to die for the sins. You know what I mean? Judas knew he had to do the same deal. He had to play his part too. You know what I mean? But he got the bad rap if that, if that's the case. And uh, yeah, the church threw that one right out. They didn't want to hear that. It didn't fit their story of Judas being a bad guy. Yeah, man. Judas was, uh, he's painted pretty despicably right outside of that. Yeah. And also you have like the, uh, Let's see, the Gnostic scriptures, uh, a lot of those early um, writings that are all gone. Mm. Um, even in the Old Testament, like I think it is the book of Enoch, it's not accepted as a regular book, though it still exists. Um, there's, there's a bunch of writings. Things have been edited out to fit an agenda. Because once religion becomes an establishment, then the establishment is self-perpetuating and it has to maintain itself and control over its believers. And that, that's nothing more than, than an agenda. So you modify and uh, you shape things the way you want to present it. Yeah. Now with Judas, was he, did he, uh, was he like paid off with riches or was he afraid of the evil that was, was he just too afraid of the evil that was involved? Why he like ratted out the Jesus and why he turned his back on Jesus. Supposedly, um, if you if we were to go with the story that's known right now, the story that's known right now, um, he was disappointed 
he was more of a zealot and he didn't think that Jesus was um the one that was gonna gonna deliver Israel. Yeah. It, with him it was more like overthrow the Romans and take the country back yeah. rather than the spiritual aspect. And uh also he was a bit of a wimp because he yeah. was approached to uh, you know, sell out because something's gonna happen to this guy anyways, you know. You here's your thirty pieces of silver. Um, you, you know, you sell them out or maybe you go down with them. Right. So he was, he was, he was kind of weak, misguided, um, didn't see the real vision. And, uh, he just fell prey to the, uh, fear and the money. Does it go into like how he, how his story ends? There are different versions. The one that's commonly accepted among many writings is he felt, uh, a lot of guilt afterwards and he hanged himself. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. He couldn't huh. live with what he'd done. He realized what it was, and then he hanged himself. The first Jeffrey Epstein, if, if we're if we're talking about, uh, you know, him <laughs> really being in on it, and he fit the his the the birth of the first big fake hanging. No, it's weird. The whole deal's uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird vibe. Yeah, it's, I I would love to hear. I would love even if it, you know. Not if it was fiction. I was going to say even if it wasn't put together, but uh, you know, r- realistically. But if there was such thing as lost chapters of the Bible, I would love to read that. Did you say you had some had some of it? I've got some. I've got some of it. I've got the Gnostic scriptures. Um, I've got some. I got the Gospel of Thomas that was eliminated now, uh, by the church. Why are these? What, from reading these, what, what what would you say would be the reason for these not being in there? Like, are they fluff or are they? they hold details that are like something that is scary about the future or just something that says it's okay to do things that, you know, they wouldn't want people doing. No, I think it goes against the teaching they wanted to establish. There's a phrase, um, in the scripture and it's depending upon whether it's uh, King James, the uh, new English version to which one that varies a slight bit. But if you go back and, and one of the phrases, uh, that Jesus says is that uh, those who are persecuted in my name shall see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. The gospel of Thomas says those who are persecuted from within shall see the kingdom of heaven. Now that tells you something different. Yeah. That, te- that tells you the effort, the work and the struggle inside to be like Jesus is what gets you into heaven. Well, that doesn't really do very well for a church or for any organization that's laying down rules they want you to follow. Yeah, I mean, um, the first one definitely felt like a rise up, like a rise up thing. Well, yeah, it's, you know, if you persecuted my name and also there was within the church, it was a history of martyrdom. It all fits. Uh, yeah. very, it fits. It fits very well. The second one really talks about self transformation and struggle inside to become to become better rather than just rules. Also, it's, the other thing is that you have a church, uh, the Gnostic view is that there's no one needs to intercede between you and God. Uh, you have a direct connection. And the Gospel of Thomas is very Gnostic. And there's a famous quote that was actually used in some movies, and it's been uh, brought up quite a few times, is that when the Gospels say, you know, where are you? And uh, and this is just before Jesus is going to uh, be, uh, he's going to have to leave. He says, uh, and they ask, 
you know, where, where, where will we find you? And Jesus says, uh, turn over a stone and I am there. Split a log and I am there. And the idea is that the divine is in everything. Mm. It's everywhere and it's right. always with you. Well, if you believe that, then you don't have to go on Sunday and you don't have to, you know what I mean? That's kind All of my of take on it, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, and you, some of the other things that uh, are in there, that it's very much a personal journey, seeing, finding the divine in yourself and finding heaven and divine all around you and everything. Yeah. Uh, that very much goes into, uh, is very similar to very many other cultures, right. but doesn't, does not fit well into something that's built on rules or rule book. If you want to control people. Yeah. It's true. That is truth. Spiritualism, you know, church should be in your, in your, in your heart. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in church being in your heart. Um, you know, being a spiritual person, you know, you know, you, going to the actual physical church is, um, you know, it's good for congregating with like-minded people. And when they do their worship and, you know, uh, you know, singing the songs and all that. And I guess doing the studies is cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like you can probably get, if you were, if you were, if you were uh, in tune with your spirituality and you, you took a couple hours, uh, a night, a week or whatever to kind of just focus on that. I, I feel like it's the same thing I, you did in your house. You know what I mean? Um, I'll agree with that, but I will say for some people, this, the experience you have in the church, yeah, maybe you need that refreshing. Maybe you need to hear the word again. Maybe you need to be in that environment to take you out of the uh, common world and yeah. the rat race and the job and the everything else. And that is where you retreat and find that peace. Now, the thing is you have to take that peace that you find and then try and carry it with you. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is it is a very good place for uh, many people to go and to be able to uh, try to renew themselves, reconnect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like retreats. There's a variety of different way, ways of doing it. I'm not going to say it's all it's all bad. It, it's 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 not. But yeah, it all comes down to uh, what's in your heart, the past, and how you live. Yeah, it's going to find what works for you. You know what I mean? That's well, you, you you start off like even though you know I'm by no means uh young anymore <laughs> <laughs> me either it's okay but um i still study um uh, last uh over the course of the last couple of years i got uh two certificates in 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 uh religious studies and i'm working on another one but i'd like to try and go back to the original source to try and find out what is behind it what is there what it means I mean, I'll never stop the learning and I'll never stop yeah. the practicing. And if that is church for some people, how they learn and, or how they connect, then that's great. I'm with it. I support that fullest. I think there should be a mostly ghostly Behold the Pill podcast presents and uh, myself, Ray, maybe another person or two. Um, Hawk would be involved if it was behold, I guess. Um, but some, some people, we, I wouldn't mind actually rolling through the Bible book for book, 
reading it and each episode being what that what we gather, what we take from it, what we think they're talking about, that whole nine yards on it. Because uh, the Bible is such a weird thing that I've always wanted to read. It's one of those bucket list things where I've always wanted to read it. Because I know there's probably a bunch of weird secret tie-ins and all types of weird code and fun things in there. You know, I'm sure it's, there's moments that are that are they're boring, for lack of a better word, I'm sure. But I'm sure there's some weird stuff in there that is, like, good to know whether uh, – it'd be fun to see. Because I'm sure you've heard all the – like, every – you know, it's the oldest story ever told. So all the stories and the morals, the stories and all the, you know, all that stuff I'm sure can be found with it. And it, it, it is, you know, it, it, there's no big book bigger than the Bible, realistically. And it's such what it's funny because I'll have my opinions and such, but I've never fully read it. So, I, you know, so like I probably should. Um, and th- this way we can make it entertaining as well. So we're, we're killing two birds with one stone, which is what we're all about doing here at Boombastic Media. Well, if you're also, if you're looking at something, if, you, uh, if you're looking at old, I remember there was uh, one thing I was studying mm-hmm. and it was looking at the oldest writings in the perspective of the culture at the time. And not in the way it's been interpreted for the last 4,000 years, for instance. Yeah. It's like what what was going on then. And again, it goes back to the first uh, written uh, word for the name of God. And the translation of it at that time, and this fits very much into the Gospel of Thomas, which is very Gnostic. Um, But the first translation way back when, for the name of God was the everything. Yeah. God of everything. True. The problem with that is that we're part of that everything, so we've got a responsibility. There's also a problem with it not being so distinctive as well. Unfortunately, you know, the naysayers and such. Um, faith, everything's based on faith. That's one of the most difficult parts with it sometimes. If, you, if, you, if you're... If you stumble into somebody yourself has some 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 doubts or some faith or some questions, if you will, uh, at times. But it's one of those weird deals, you know. Do we have any other um, wicked women in our in our in our in our sights for this? Well, if you if you're looking at trying to blame women for something or the female for something, never. You got the, you got the old hag syndrome. Yes, that is where. An old hag, an old lady, sits on your chest at night. And and that is what they use to explain, some cultures for a long time have used to explain sleep paralysis. Because when she does that, you can't move and you can't do anything. You're helpless. Yeah. The older legend, she's there for your life essence and your soul. Uh, Science right now says, oh, no, 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 That's, that's, that's just sleep paralysis. That's all it is. But that's what the old one is. And it's, it's interesting that, again, old society, uh, some of the, old, the older societies put that as a demonic force because they didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. And they make this demonic force, again, they make it female. And, okay, you know, who, who are we going to blame? What's well, got to be a demon? What, what, what are we going to do with this demon? 
of course it's a woman. Look how evil they are. They were always trying to control men. Now they have you helpless. And it goes back to the whole sexuality. and oh, it's, Yeah, the church has yeah. always hated women. The church reminds me of, like, nerds. The church reminds me of, like, the nerds that can't get women in a way and uh, don't like them for that reason. But I've heard horror stories about ner- um, nuns being used like groupies at, like, uh, in certain certain circles, you know what I mean? Of priesthoods. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that, but uh, I really wouldn't doubt it. There were var- there were various times, and I'm not going to just con- condemn all churches, but or uh, any particular one. At various times in history, a lot of religious groups uh, have persecuted other groups or have done nasty deeds. And the thing to remember is that the people running them are, are human, and once you start running it, that's a human being that now has a lot of power over others. And the humanity comes out. And that includes all the weaknesses, which is uh, basically ruling, uh, subjugating, manipulating, whatever whatever it is. Once that power takes over, boom, you got a problem. And that's, and one, that's, of those, uh, that's one of no, those... That's one of those yeah, weird things where you have to put, like, they're human, like you said, and they falter and stuff. And it's a weird thing because I believe even God says, put faith in him, don't put faith in other man you know what i mean yes so like yeah it's very weird how like religion's very you know as it you know it's been corrupted everybody knows this it's not i'm not saying i'm not fucking breaking any ground here you know what i mean um you know they they twist things to favor them you know and everybody else can be scumbags while they do the same exact thing but they they're holier than thou you know, their their whole a lot of their actions is what turn people off away from religion. Like you know, some of the the men within organized religion um, that have kind of been leading the way, so to speak, are uh, yeah, it's not a good deal. It's not not you know what I mean. They're they're I don't even know if they think they're doing good work. It's weird. It's a very weird thing. You know, and, and there's a lot of people in religion because of business. And those people are all in it for the wrong reason. Um, it's a weird deal, though, because you need money. It's so, it's so, it's very, it's such a, it's very delicate, very delicate. Very delicate process, right? You know, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that, you know. They hate him. Now, what about Mary Magdalene there? Now, that was um, the store. That was uh, Jesus' like mistress or something like that, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, but that was also someone that was demonized by the church. Right. The re- That's why I brought her up. The reason I say that is that she's been associated with being the ex-prostitute. Mm. And nowhere in the scriptures, the prostitute that's forgiven um, has the, the name of Mary Magdalene. Right. Yeah, the happen. one who he, he anoints her feet, that one, right? Uh, that's that's the one where... Um, Oil on her feet? Uh, nope. I, I believe, think. wasn't wasn't there a prostitute in the Bible that Jesus oiled her feet? And she, like, because she felt like she wasn't worthy to talk to him or something, and then he, he kneeled down and oiled her feet, something like that? Oh, she, she knelt down, got expensive... Uh, herbs and oils and washed his feet with her hair. 
Oh, I thought there was a weird moment where, like, he did a thing where, like, one of those we're all equal moments where she was like, I can't even look you in the eyes, and then he got down and washed her feet. Um, he, he did think, he did do, uh, things like that. I think okay. Mary Magdalene was the one where they were going to stone yeah. her. And, uh, that's where he said, uh, you without sin cast the first stone. Interesting. Saved her. And later on, what happened was the church attached the name of Magdalene, Mary Magdalene to that person. It was never originally named. Huh. Um, it's interesting. If you look at the gospel of John, which is different than the other three, Matthew, Mark and Luke. Yeah. Mary Magdalene is actually one of his apostles. Huh. Is not. She's one who travels with him. Um, she receives blessings like the other apostles. She's also significant because she was the first one. She went back to the grave and she was the first one that he appeared to after resurrection. So it wasn't the men, it was her. And when she went back and told them, they wouldn't believe her. But he, he was the first one. That, uh, she, was, she was the first one he appear, appeared to, even before the rest of the apostles, which makes her kind of special. Of course, yeah, absolutely. It's weird. I all went out, you know, it's weird. The whole deal's a little weird. So where the if if the, the Mary Magdalene name was kind of made up, you said? Uh the name wasn't. Making her a prostitute was. Well, um okay. The church did that later on. They downgraded her and they associated with her with the prostitute because she was a powerful figure among the apostles. She was a follower. I wonder how the church actually feels about Jesus. You know what I mean? That that's a, a tricky question. Like some uh, behind um, the, like behind closed doors type actual feelings. I would tend to say there are a lot of good believers, and there are a lot of good people in the church, and many who went into the church uh, with right. good intentions and have stayed that way. Yeah. But just, just like politics, many may go in with good intentions, but many when they're in there and have the power for a period of time, yeah. then that gets twisted around. Yeah, because like the human beings. Yeah, when I when I when I like when I'll say the church or I'll say the government or whatever, I, it's just I'm, I'm blanketing everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I know that there's definitely really good people in both in both you know entities, but there's also really bad people in both entities too. Much like everything. Um, but yeah, yeah, more bad raps. Why do you think she caused such a bad rap? If she was like a right hand woman to him, that was like you think they did? They thought there was a. You think that people would, they probably thought people would think there was a sexual relationship there and they didn't even want to bother answering questions of that. What do you think? Well, there's one of the scriptures that said that called her the favorite and he kissed her. They don't say where, but kissed her. Oh my. So that's where a lot of the stories came up about her being very close to him. There are also stories like when you have the... uh, the Holy Grail is the blood, actually the bloodline of Christ. And uh, that would be the, he, she had to do the persecution. She fled uh, Israel, crossed over, settled into Southern France, had the baby of Jesus, according mm-hmm. to those stories. And that baby eventually went into the Merovingian line, which is also a line that connects with, um, oh, who's that? Uh, it'll pop in later on. I forget, but the man, another another uh, very popular person. Bloodline, or like around today, still or from back in the day. Oh, it's it's still around today. Yeah, oh, yeah those it. bloodlines never stop. No. Um, 
What an interesting world that would be to be, you know. Uh, that's probably what it is, though. I mean, we're going back to a time where, you know, kissing, you know, uh, kissing on the mouth, if it was a kiss on the mouth or whatever, where, you know, you talk about going back to the 50s where holding hands were a big deal, you know what I mean? Well, we're back then, back to, yeah. Even, even a kiss on the cheek would have been a, a public display that would have been reserved for somebody very special if you're going male and female. Yeah. So at and, that time, that wasn't done. That's a lot of we. That's a we. That puts her in a weird position too of feelings, where she probably has some type of crush on the dude. He's so powerful. She believes everything he says. You know what I mean? Like she's a follower of him. There's got to be some admiration and love there. And now he's treating you this special. There's there had there had to have been. You know what I mean? There's a weird. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate, but there's definitely a weird line there for sure. And I think that that weird line is why. It's not talked about by the church because they they got enough things that they can't explain that uh, they don't need to add more to it, you know. Well, that kind of bringing everything together to fit a certain storyline. There's a misconception, for instance, that uh, Judaism as it stands today is primarily uh, uh, what, what what do they call it? Um, rabbinic. Well, not rabbinic, but it's based a lot on writings that came afterwards later on at the yeah. time. Jesus lived, there are about eight or nine different types of Judaism. Mm-hmm. That all became one. And just like the church took all of the different writings, and then that all became one. So everything got put together. Now, and it, yeah. keep, it keeps it going that way. The, the only difference is that the church is very negative about people who think differently. Yeah. And if you look at Judaism uh, discussion about just about any uh, anything um, is wide open. He, that's, he, that's one thing. Now he was a Jewish guy, so Judaism was his deal, right? Yeah, he would have. Uh, he was well versed in it. He knew the Torah. He read it uh, in the temple. He attended uh, the temple, so that yeah, he knew it uh, inside and out. So he was we're weird. Where does something like Christianity come from then? Like if, if Jesus, because they worship Jesus, but if Jesus believed Judaism, wouldn't wouldn't the track, and I'm not trying to say anything controversial or weird, but wouldn't the track be to, to follow the religion that Jesus followed? Uh, yes, and there were uh, several, oh, how do, how do I put it? Several early writings that hit yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. Um, you have, I think it's Paul, uh, where people asked him, "Do you do you have to become a Jew to follow Jesus?" And he said, "No." But he also there's also indications in some of the writings that yes, you can go to temple. I mean, Paul him, himself was uh, originally a very very devout Jew, right? And he uh, started out by persecuting Christians until he had a vision. But uh, yeah. What happens is that uh, that got taken out. I think it was around 200 AD. There were some writings yeah. by a, by a prominent um, Christian bishop mm-hmm. who shifted things around because in his writings he started blaming the Jews for killing the Jesus. persecution, yeah. the killing. So he made the Jews the bad boys, right? Previous to that, um, if you were Christian, you could uh, attend a temple. That wasn't that wasn't a problem. It's just that when you went to a temple, 
you saw Jesus as the fulfillment and you saw him as the, as the, as the Messiah. Uh, but you could still listen to the Torah. You could still uh, discuss things because contrary to what that bishop came out with at that time, all Jews didn't hate Jesus. He had a big following among the rabbis, a big, even some of the temple people. Um, Joseph of Arimathea, who was associated with the temple that supplied the, uh, the tomb to be buried in, was a prominent in the temple himself. He was part of the, one of the rulers in the temple, the yeah. upper, upper class of the temple. So he had many supporters. It just later on, Christianity was looking for a scapegoat, so they decided to, to portray it as all Jews hated Jesus, which would not have worked because then he would not have had any ministry, would not be able to preach because um, the Jews would have just turned their back on him. It's a weird vibe where it almost feels like he was exiled from his Judaism. And because of that, he started Christianity in a way of his teachings. You know what I mean? It's got that weird vibe. Well, at the time, I, he was an exile from uh, Judaism. Wow. I don't put that, you up on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the Catholics put him up. You know, putting him but, up on the um, cross. Yeah, that the Catholics later on ex, yeah. um, expunged or exiled Judaism from Jesus. They wanted him separate from. Yeah. Because they came up with their own version of the Old Testament, excluded certain books, and uh, that didn't fit their stories, which you can find in many Jewish writings. They'll they'll still read them and they'll still study them. So the Jewish people probably, they, you know, the, who officially killed supposedly? Who who was the Romans? Is that what it was? The Romans, right? The Romans did at the urging of the I think it was the Sanhedrin. I think is what their name was. The rulers of the the top brass at the uh, temple, uh, because they portrayed Jesus as a rebel insurrection. Right. That it, he was he was upset. Apple caught there, so that just like no, no, we can't have this guy. He was a rebel on the rise that was making a lot of noise. It's like <laughs> it was almost like JFK style in a way. It's weird. There's multiple people involved. There was multiple people involved in the assassination of Jesus Christ. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, it's that, interesting that, though, that if he, I think that's the vibe where, uh, he was, he, he, Judaism was kind of exiled. So he took from, he took what he believed of that and, and mixed his own stories to create Christianity, which Christians follow and believe is the truth. And it's interesting that it kind of sparked from, you know, I feel he is, he was kind of, you know, exiled. And if they're, if they're, if they, if, yeah, that's definitely exiled. If they were, if they had their hand in heaven and put on the cross and that's definitely, that's extreme exilism. Um, He was exiled because uh, if you, the followers, he was the fulfillment of the promise of the sent to a Messiah. Mm -hmm. And he, he was the Messiah and many of the Jews at the times would not, did not want him to be because if they accepted him as a Messiah, a lot of the temple and a lot of the rigidity and a lot of the um, beliefs among some of the groups, then um, they would have uh, gone, they would have uh, lost their power. I mean, a perfect example is you take the story of the good Samaritan. People think that the Samaritan was someplace, someone from Samaria and it wasn't. 
And that, that was kind of a dig at the temple because you have this bloodied up person there. A priest from the temple comes by and won't touch him or help him and then leaves. Because if he did, he'd have to go through days of purification because you can't touch a dead body and the guy might, you know, while he was helping him, the guy might die. So a Samaritan comes by and helps him. Well, that's a double shot because the Samaritans were actually a branch of Judaism that believed the temple was corrupt. And they lived in a part of what is now, <clears throat> excuse me, part of what is now Israel. And they had, they lived there. Uh, the, many of the teachings were the same because they had the same history. But what they did was they believed that the temple had gotten away from the true teachings. So for Jesus to pick a Samarian <clears throat> to be the good guy, you're taking a shot at the temple mm-hmm. saying, you've lost your spirit. You've yeah. lost your heart. You've lost your way. Yeah. And that, that, that pisses off the people in the temple. That's heavy. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's these, it's these people at the top of the temple that have been living a glorious lifestyle for a long time, and now they're being questioned. At a time, you don't question people. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, from that point, you know, the, he, he was kind of a martyr that died for his beliefs. And it, look, look what look what came of that, came about that. You know, some people claim that uh, Jesus was only one of the messiahs sent. What's your take on that? You think there was other messiahs that were sent to do the deal? I, uh, my personal belief is that... <clears throat> Well, first of all, when you say Messiah, like people would say Jesus Christ, it should be the Christ Jesus. Yeah. Actually. And, um, because his last name wasn't Christ. Christ at the time, depending upon whether you look at the Latin or the Greek translation means either the anointed one, which is how it was embraced by the church, the anointed of God, but the other translation is the enlightened one. So there's two different translations there. Myself, if you take the divine, the creator or the, or the divine that is responsible for the entire universe, including us on this planet, um, at various times has sent various people to help us along the way. I mean, to me, I would say one of them would be the Buddha. He was born into a, a rich family. He left the family. Um, when he achieved enlightenment, then uh, he, what he started teaching was peace, love, respect for everything, for all life. And some of the teachings are very, very, very similar. So does the divine reach out to different cultures and different peoples in its own way to try and help them stay on the path? Yes. And uh, what happened in Israel a little over 2,000 years ago, that was Jesus. And what happened in, in India about 400, 500 years before that, that was Buddha. And if you go around the world, you'll find different uh, people who have um, done the same thing. And I believe they were touched by God, so to speak, or messengers of the divine that people needed at the time to try and get them back on the right path. Just for different cultures, you think? For, di- for, different, for different cultures, for different people. When a culture was heading down the wrong road, they were sent to messengers to try and teach them uh, how to get back on the right path and how to how to live better as a human being, more in line with uh, the divine wisdom and love. But they're all connected. You feel like they're all connected. 
I believe that the source that sent these people is all the same source. As much as certain, you know, people will think that they're, they're their God or whatever, or their, their entity is the only one. They're, they're probably all connected, right? I, w- I would say, yes, they're connected. Um, <clears throat> the problem, like you were just saying, that everybody believes their own one is there was an archbishop, and I don't, re- I think I mentioned him before, I don't remember his name. He said religion is a dangerous thing because it deals in absolutes. Yeah. So uh, the Muslim says there's only one way. The Christian says there's only one way. The, you know, and it goes on and on and on. You have some cultures, like if you, you look at the uh, Buddhist, he does not say there's only one way. Yeah. You can be a Christian and you can be a Buddhist at the same time. So there are some that are very much universal. Myself, <clears throat> I lean heavily into Christianity, but I am universal. I do not have the final answer. Yeah. And looking at these people who have come at various times in history, there had to be something there behind them because their message is the same. And it was the, the, it was the same message that reshaped the society. And I, I believe they, their enlightenment, so to speak, uh, all came from the same source. So for the most part, you think people pray to the same God, just different names and different faces for it? I think they do. And each, uh, if you're <clears throat> going to call it religion, or each, each belief, belief system has uh, put a different name on it, put different rules with it. I know that like a Native American, um, you have the creator. Mm-hmm. And some say the great spirit. But I was speaking to someone one time. I was discussing with a minister. We were talking about that. And uh, also, uh, I have a good friend who's a medicine man. And I've got some native blood. And different things have happened in the past and taken part in ceremonies. I would compare to the great spirit is you've got the creator. The great spirit is the essence of the creator that flows in everything and helps guide you. Now, some Christians will disagree when they say that uh, what I'm going to say with next, most probably would, is that, uh, yeah, you've got the creator, you've got God. The Holy Spirit is that thing that is in everything, and that essence of divine that reaches out and touches us to try and lead us down the right path. So I put the Great Spirit and the Holy Spirit pretty much being the same thing from different parts of the world. Yeah. When there was no contact between those parts, supposedly. Yeah, that's my take on it. I think it's all one big, like I said with that, it's all one big aura. You know, I think God's one big like aura of energy and, you know, however you, I think everybody kind of prays to it because they're not, you know, the energy that they're putting out towards the higher being. And I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, because you know, and people's energy can create things. You never, it's, you never know if there's, if there's, if they're all there in the spectrum. You know what I mean? Of things, or if it's just one big. It's weird. It's very weird. The whole thing's weird. I think. Hard to wrap your head around a little bit. At times, like now. You know what I mean. Well, the favorite thing I used to have is we used to sit around and we used to talk and I used, um, and this is with the local clan of, of the tribe that I'm associated with. And we would sit around and we would talk and then we would laugh. Yeah. Because basically, uh, we would love to talk about everything 
And then afterwards, we'd say, well, we don't understand what it is, but we do know it's there. Yeah. That translates to put whatever name you you want on it. If the message is there, it's above us. We don't understand. We won't until we, we pass into spirit. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself to be a spiritual and faithful person. Uh, it, it boggles my mind sometimes. I just can't wrap my head around it. I don't know if we're supposed to, though. That's the thing, you know. Well, that, that becomes faith, but also faith now is different than uh, what it used to be. Faith now, people say, is believing or believing in what you aren't sure of. Yeah. If you, you go back a little over 2,000 years ago, uh, particularly in the uh, Jewish culture at the time, the word faith had a different meaning. Faith was how you lived. Yeah. So if you were a believer, what mattered was how you lived. Archie and if you, if you lived well, then you had faith. Archie Bunker would say, faith is when you believe something nobody in their right mind would believe. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> That's a, that's an Archie Bunker quote that always stuck out to me. So, yeah, we we went a little off on and we talked about some wicked women and uh, the the deception around trying to keep them down a little bit. Um, and we got on some nice Bible talk. We're gonna have to do a big Bible episode one of these days. There's so many things to talk about with that. Um, but yeah, was there anything else you really wanted to kick into with uh oh with, with well, the theme with the wi- with the with the theme, the wicked women, yeah. Um, I don't believe it. I think that there. I go more along the line of the Native American belief, and that is that they are very special. Yeah, and uh, they are equals. Actually, if anything at all, the women are a little bit above men. I agree because women are the only ones that can give life and create it. They do need men. But I agree with you to get we come together um, to make babies. You know, you know, life forms within them. They are. I do. Hold, I do. I do feel women are more valuable than men um, in more ways than one. And um, but everybody plays their part. You know what I mean? And it's a nice yin and a yang, I'd say. You know what I mean? There, there, there are the old writings that say that. Um... What happens is that uh, the soul is one and it breaks apart when it comes to earth yeah. into male and female. And you find each other and reunite, complete each other, and then move on in back into spirit. So we are equals. We are all just one. We've just put labels on it. No matter what side you're on with men and women, you know, they always meet in the middle, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, how you like that that's a good way to end that's a good way to end it yeah <laughs> bravo well with that being said we thank y'all our, our wicked ladies out there our wicked women out there listening uh, we'll catch all y'all out there on the next episode of mostly ghostly
everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Mostly Ghostly with your pal, Matt Fisher, and your better half of a pal, Ray Boot 